Hello, and welcome to Self-Sabotaging Sagas. I am your host and unconscious mind expert, Jenea Barnes. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Self-Sabotaging Sagas. We're talking about achieving goals today, and I'm here with Linda Nickel. And Linda, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell everybody a little bit about what you do. Yeah, thank you very much. So my name is Linda Nicole, and I am absolutely delighted to be here today talking about self-sabotage and what impact that actually has on your goals. So I am a goals achievement expert. So I help women who are stuck in a rut. They've probably been successful in their past. They've got to a point where they've plateaued and they're stuck in a rut and they can't move forward. But um, not knowing that they're capable, but for whatever reason, they're just not doing it. So I help them get back on track and start um, kicking some serious goals and, and um, getting their life to the next level. So, yes, I'm delighted to be here and talking about some of the, some of the beha- a lot of the behaviours that I hear from the women who are actually stuck in that rut and on the plateau. So it's, it's a just perfect, perfect sweet spot for, for where I help my clients. absolutely and it's so I mean that's the thing right we all have these goals and we want to achieve them I mean there's no lack of desire I think for most everybody but there's always well not always but if you're not achieving them there's something getting in your way right absolutely absolutely and um it's whether we choose to take a step back and acknowledge that or do what I'm being a goals coach was you just get so busy in the moment and just doing the day-to-day stuff because for anybody that doesn't know anything about me I actually have five small children three of whom are triplets so that is pretty full on and you can just get so absorbed in the doing and not actually taking that step back to say actually I've been stuck here for two, three, four years, whatever it happens to be. And I need to to change up and not making that conscious connection between it. Well, and I think that really says something that speaks to one of the big things that gets in the way, right? The doing. People think if they're busy, I don't have the time. And that's a big one. We were just kind of talking about pandemics and lockdowns and all of that stuff. And that's most, I mean, most everybody I know, when they are not making a goal, they say, well, I just don't have the time. And it was so funny with everything locked down for a lot of people all over the world, there was nothing but time. And still the goals were not getting done. And that busyness, like you with so many children and triplets, you of anybody that has an excuse to not get your goals done you've got the you've got the excuse you've got that i don't have the time i'm too busy um and often i find that people that are really busy and use time as an excuse are doing a lot of things that do not really matter that's right that's right they're spending their time on things that are not important um, and I know just going back to the whole pandemic thing, I am so glad that I am in this position before the pandemic struck, because if I had been my old previous self who never had any time and was always like the hamster on the wheel, continually running, but getting nowhere. If I had still been in that position when the pandemic hit, I'm not sure what I would have done. I, I, I dread to think what would have happened there. Um, but having gone through that and having had triplets then another two children but all the while starting up my own businesses and growing my businesses I have now got more free time than I ever had previously even when and I, and I, I have to laugh when I say when I just had the triplets itself <laughs> <laughs> was a bit ridiculous I just had triplets but when I only had the triplets and not all these other things other children and businesses to look after I was so busy and so overwhelmed and so stressed out but having gone through that and having been on this journey to, to figure it out and how do you do it all? Because we all have the same 24-7. That's the only thing in life that everybody's equal on. And some people achieve a lot. And when I say a lot, I don't mean physical amounts of ticking off the to-do lists, 
but right. they achieve their goals and they they um take their life to new live their dreams living life on their terms whereas other people just are super super busy and say things like oh, i need oh, i need more hours in the day or i need another day in the week and all these kind of statements when in fact if you sit back and get specific about it and really you have to make a conscious decision first you have to get to that point where enough is enough because if you're not at that point where it's the tipping point and, and, and it's ready to tip if you're not at that point there's not a real urgency and so people right. just put up with the status quo so I know myself working with clients it's the people who are at that enough is enough I can't take any more of this way of life. That's the people who get the best results because they've, yeah. they've, they've had a gut feel, absolute gut feel, and they're ready to to really get into it and start making some changes. Well, and I find the same thing with my clients is the, it's that's the really important thing. They say that, I think it's Tony Robbins that says we change when the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of change. And yes. when you're at that point, it means you're ready. It means you're ready yes. to do the work. I mean, some people, I'd like to think that I step into changing and pushing those boundaries and stretching those things before enough is enough. And yes. that's, that's the ideal. You get to that point where you don't let yourself get to that space where it's just like, oh, it's worse. It's getting worse and worse. And the pain is getting worse and worse. And you don't have now you don't have any time for anything. And you're doing a whole bunch that's, of that's nothing, but you're so busy all the time. And right. Um, when you get to that point as well, that's the the whole negative self-talk kicks in and then the self-sabotaging behaviors kick in and then people and, and particularly my clients who were previously successful then start having this self-doubt and so then they start coming up with the excuses or they have to do things for the children they have to do things for the family they have to job business whatever it is um whereas when they get to that tipping point and enough is enough and they start moving forward the minute they start achieving goals no matter how small the goal is or even if it's a big goal the minute they start making progress towards it it compounds and it's like the snowball the more success they have and each step forward the more what they want it's the, the hungrier they get they, they start to recognize and it's almost like an awakening it's like the phoenix from the ashes they rise up again and they remember that they were successful and they can do that and, and the confidence starts to build in but there's this whole piece in the middle where if they don't get out of those self-sabotaging behaviors they can right. just be stuck there eternally and forever if they don't make that conscious decision that, that right it's time and to it's interesting that. too i think a lot of people i mean we talk underneath right it's a lot so much of it is about confidence and that place where you said a lot of your clients are very capable people. They used to do accomplish goals and all of this, but somewhere along the line, something shifted. Maybe they had children, maybe they got a particular kind of job, whatever it might be. And there's, they're stuck in that new role, whatever it is for a period of time. And then it's like, they forget how capable they really are. I think whoever. Oh, <laughs> you kind of dropped out there. Hopefully, I'm picking up. Um, so yeah, they do. They, it's like they've they've been successful in an area of their life, and and the, the most common scenario is you've been single or, or or married and no children, and you've had a successful career, and then you go off and have children, you might stay on maternity to leave, or you might go back to the position that you had before the children, but there's this, this place where, where they stay, and when they're working the job and still trying to look after the children, etc., they then lose a bit of the focus on the career, and then they start to think, oh, well, I don't have, I, I, I'm good enough, I'm not good enough to get to the next level, so the, the self-confidence thing kicks in, and the longer they stay at that level, and they start to see people passing them by, into more senior roles and inside they're thinking I, I that should be me but 
then they're, they're questioning themselves because they've stayed at this position for so long now. Do they really, are they really good enough to do that? And then the women who have taken the career break and gone on to be full-time mothers for a couple of years, then they go, oh, well, I've been out of the workplace for so long and things have changed and, and, and could I go back to that? And then they're, they're saying, well, I can't, I can't give the same commitment because I have to look after my, my children, my family. And so there's this, they're kind of stuck between wanting to be successful and doubting themselves, doubting they've got the ability to go there and doubting they've got the capacity to do the work and be the good mother. So they really get caught in there and then they end up kind of losing their identity a little bit about who they who they because who they were right. is not who you're going to and, be in and, and we all go through yeah exactly and that's one of the things that i was thinking about that in those roles especially if you are a parent and you leave the workplace you come back there's identity issues all over the place i think that really sabotage us it's like Oh, I have to be a good mother or, oh, I have to be better than men in the workplace. All of these different things, these things that we think we have to do that holding on to who we were in maybe our 20s when we didn't care so much and we were sort of free and we took more risks, right? As we get older, we tend to take less risks and we shut ourselves down. And you're absolutely right when who you were who you are right now is not who you're going to be tomorrow, the yeah. next day and beyond. And I think that's one of the most yeah. beautiful things because we really can choose who we want to be and we can go after it. And that requires thinking like our future self and not like our current self. It does, it does, because that thought process that got you to that that, that sort of <laughs> gung-ho cavalier attitude in your 20s, you were invincible and you could achieve anything. Um, now, that's not that's not the thought, thought process, especially for your children, that's not the thought process you need for running your family. And it's not the thought process you need for, for when you are maturing and, and moving to different stages of your life. And that's great. I wouldn't be wearing the same clothes that I was wearing when I was 20, when, when I'm 40 and 50. And so you need a different thought process and a different mindset. And just going back to you talking about the different roles, there's a woman here and she's very dear to my heart. She's here in Australia and her name is Gail Kelly. And she was the CEO of one of the biggest banks in Australia, Westpac. Now, why she's very dear to my heart is because she's also got a set of triplets. And she had the triplets at the beginning of her career and raised the triplets as she climbed up that banking career ladder she's now I think it's like the sixth most influential woman in the world or most powerful woman in the world incredible but if you ever watch any of her video see anything about her or read anything about her she's very you would never guess that that that's who she is but she if you read her book she talks very much about her roles and when she came home at night she had this very conscious and and all this stuff has to happen with a conscious mind you have to get in be thinking about this thoughtfully she would get home, park the car, go, right, I'm no longer a banker. I am now a mum and a wife. And she would basically swap off the banker hat and put the, the mum and the wife hat on and walk through the front door as a wife and a mother, not as the CEO of one of the biggest banks in the country. And I just think that is phenomenal. If she can raise, if she can have a set of triplets and she went on to another one, so she'd four children, raise them while climbing this career ladder, um, and and maintain that balance that I don't have to be this powerhouse banker twenty four seven because I've got different places in my my life and and that that approach is fine for the office, but taking that all that hat off and, and going in the house as a mum and a wife I just think it was incredible. She is a true inspiration to me. I think she's very under under she flies under the radar a lot. She's not out there. Um, you wouldn't see her a lot, but um, she's very, very successful. I'm in <laughs> well, awe of her. <laughs> what that really speaks to me as is that she is actually who she is and she knows who she is and that she knows her worth is her and not her as a banker 
or her as a wife and a mother, the fact that she can be conscious and be like, okay, I get to show up and be present for my family in a different way than I would while I'm at work really speaks to me in that she's very in touch with who she is. She knows her worth is herself. It's not her job. It's not her family. And I think that's a big thing as people are transitioning that self-worth is, you know, am I a mother? Am I a daughter? Am I an artist? Am I a banker? Whatever it is. And, and you may be all of those things, but if you, that is such a strong identity that you're taking your worth from that, achieving anything outside yeah. of that identity, any goals outside of that identity is going to be very difficult. And, it, and, and I think it is so important to recognize that you are yourself first and foremost. The rest of those things are labels. So it's a label of being a banker or a lawyer or a doctor or a nurse or an artist or whatever it is. They are labels about your workplace. And there's a label of being a mother, a label of being a wife. And there are different roles that you play in your day-to-day life. But first and foremost, you are a person, you're a human being, you are you. And to be the best version of all those other other labels, to be the best version of those, you have to be the best version of yourself Absolutely. first and foremost. So it's really taking a look at yourself uh, and um, understanding that you are important as a person. You do have a contribution to play in all the, the areas of your life. Um, and to, to really believe in yourself and I know and I know that's an easy term to brand around it or just believe in yourself oh that's easy um but I, and I know it's not and there's a lot of work that people have to do in there but if you it all for me it always comes back to being conscious conscious that you are in this place that you don't want to be conscious that you have to you have to make changes because if you keep doing what you did Yesterday, you're going to just keep right. getting the same results. It's never going to change. So you have to make a conscious decision to seek help or, or get yourself a program or do yeah. something to change it. Yeah, it's... Because there's no point. In- it's interesting. Yep, carry on. Because I work with the unconscious mind and the unconscious mind, it's the thing that drives you home, right? When you're not paying attention, when you're daydreaming about... Yes that man or that woman you saw that you'd like to talk to and you're just driving along and somehow you magically end up home. It's the unconscious mind that takes you there. And the thing is, is the unconscious mind only has the past to go on. It is right. So whatever you've done in the past or where you are now, your unconscious mind, when you're not being 100% conscious, which it's impossible to be 100% conscious all of the time, is driving the bus. So what I love about what I do is I help people get the unconscious mind reprogrammed to be on board with the conscious desires. And that helps the unconscious mind when you're not paying attention and <laughs> you're dreaming about that man or woman <laughs> that oh it's gonna oh we're going to disneyland that's where <laughs> it's driving us um but yeah it's yes and it's amazing how it during the day uh and, and i did a, a bit on this thing it was a couple of weeks ago about how often you find yourself you're doing the task and it's that whole subconscious mind how often you're doing your task but your mind is somewhere else right. you're thinking about other things and the driving is, is the case in point but when that's falling over into your work day especially if you're trying to get your business up and running and you're supposed to be doing something and then you find yourself you've been you've been thinking about something else for the last half an hour right. not really focused on the task at hand um so it really is again taking stock of when when you consciously realize that you're doing these things and, and what it was you were doing and, and and obviously working with somebody like yourself to, to how do you stop those behaviors and stop those patterns yeah um but yeah with my, my my clients because i don't get into subconscious mind I, I coach them through how to 
Okay, let, let's just re- at least recognize when you're doing it Absolutely. so that we can take corrective action because the more you recognize it, you are kind of training your subconscious mind, mm-hmm. training it that, oh, this is actually not okay. I need to focus on the job at hand and get this done. And there's various practical tools you can use to, to help with that. But yes, it is. It's, it's amazing how much the subconscious mind actually controls right. what we are doing. Well, and you said it before, such a big key of it is becoming conscious. And one of the yeah. things is the unco- I mean, the conscious mind is more powerful than the unconscious mind. Like you said, when you notice that you're doing, um, you're lost in thought or whatnot, you can consciously bring yourself back. And the key is yeah. the more you become conscious of something, the easier it's going to be to shift, the easier it's going to be to notice. And even with like the reprogramming work that I do with people, I want to bring them to that level of consciousness first, because if they're not conscious of it, it's going to be less likely the processes and the reprogramming are going to be less likely to work. People need to see how whatever behavior it is that's getting in the way of their goal, we can't just tell them. I mean, we can tell them, but if they don't really get it so that it really lands for them, it's not going to go anywhere. Like how many times has your mom or your dad told you what your problem is? And you're like, no, I'm not listening. Nope, 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 nope. And then, and then, you know, six months later, you go to them, oh, I figured out what my problem is. And they're just like, oh my gosh, I've been telling you that for like six months. Um, because we have to be ready to hear it. You've got to be, you've got to be in that place to hear the message as well. Um, and also one of the analogies I like to use is, and because everybody can relate to it, because we all know somebody who bit their names. As a, and some people still do as adults, biting their nails. But that and it was a sub, it, it was a subconscious mind. I mean, you didn't physically think about putting your hands in your mouth and, and chewing right. on your nails. It just it happened, and it was only when people only tend to stop when the parent either slapped them over the back of the hand and brought the, the conscious mind awake again, or they painted that, that horrible stuff on their nails. So when they put it in their their um, right. mouth, they the brain at the shop going, oh, what is yeah. that? that? That's not what I normally get when I um bite my nails so and it's like it's just the same the the subconscious mind is having you do things and whether it's Mm -hmm. things like you've got all this list of stuff to do and you go and choose to to do the washing or you go and choose to do the shopping instead of the important stuff can you down that path because you're having some kind of avoidance behavior there you're avoiding trying trying to do as much as you know the thing that, that you have to do is important and it might really move things forward for your business but if it's difficult or it's something you're uncomfortable with your subconscious mind will just put something in front of you that's easy you, you can do it. it's a no-brainer okay let's leave that hard thing to later and then you start justifying it with logic I don't <laughs> I'll do the shop right I'm not in the mood for that I'll do this instead and and so you do the, the subconscious mind starts the behavior and then you justify it with because the guilt kicks in like oh, you, right. you know you should be doing this but then suddenly we've got a logical reason for not doing it and it makes it all okay and off we go and do the shopping <laughs> it's, it's crazy <laughs> right. the mind works well and that's a that's a really interesting way that the subconscious mind and the conscious mind work together to sabotage you it's like usually it's some emotion, right? The unconscious is trying to avoid some emotion. Maybe it's a self-worth thing. Maybe it's a confidence thing. Maybe it's I, what will they think of me thing, whatever it might be. And so it, it brings up some emotions and the unconscious mind's like, I don't want to feel that. I don't want to feel that. Let's go. Let's go do it. Let's go shopping. Oh, shopping yes. feels good. Oh, shopping. I really needed this outfit for work. And that's going to help me land that yes. client or whatever I'll, it might be. I'll feel more that, Yes. Yeah, exactly. I'll feel more confident because, again, if we had to look at the real reason why we went shopping, then we would have to face those emotions again. 
Yes. And, no, we can't do that. <laughs> Don't want to fake this, the emotions. I think that's a big piece of not completing goals is that whatever self-doubts or confidence, it, it stirs up an emotional response that we stay super busy with. If we're, yes. if we're not super busy and we have time to be quiet, then we have time and a chance to feel those emotions. And if we don't like what we're feeling, if we stay busy, we don't have to pay attention to them. That's right. Yes. Because if you're, if you're staying perpetually busy, so you're like the hamster in the wheel again, and you're just running, running, running all the time. You don't have to, if you're not having that quiet time, you actually don't have the time to think about it. You just know you would like to be doing these, these things. But if we stay really busy, we don't need to face up to the emotions of it. We don't need to address our self-doubt of, oh, I don't really know if I can achieve that and I'm not as good as you used to be or I've been out of touch for so long now or why would anybody want to listen to me anyhow? All the, these statements that I hear. If, you, if you're staying really busy, then you don't have to actually sit down and think about those questions and you don't have to answer them. You can just keep, you just keep justifying it with logic. I'm too busy. Right. I don't have time. When the children have all left school, I'll do it then. Or, or when the little one goes to school, I'll do it. And tomorrow is a day that never comes. It just, it yeah. never comes. And so unless you're yeah. going to stand up and, and just make the, you have to make the conscious decision. And once you've made the conscious decision, then you get help from people like yourself or myself to, to deal with it, the, the subconscious and the self-sabotaging and, and actually moving you forward to the next level. Right. And, and I want to share with everybody one of the things about saying you're going to do it tomorrow. You said tomorrow never comes. And that is a, it's you're training your mind about tomorrow that never comes. So therefore, if you're trying to complete anything, one little trick that you can start to do is say the full date. I'm going to do this on August 11th, 2021. Yeah. Um, you're looking at your to-do list, write the date at the yes. top. Like it's a simple thing, but it's a little trick that begins to plant these things into your unconscious mind to know that when it's going to actually happen. Because the unconscious mind, it organizes time for you. It's the thing that organizes your representation of time. So if we're talking about tomorrow or next month, you guys ever know that especially way more, way worse than tomorrow, I'm going to do it next month. Those goals stay really far away. It really, like, if you think about the last thing you said, oh, I'm going to do next month. I mean, that goal is almost, you can't even reach it. The tomorrow one you can see, but the one yes. next month is just like, where did it go? Poof, it's gone yes. in the ether. And that's why I am so anti-annual goals. Um, so anybody that knows me or works with me knows that I don't, that we don't say annual goals for that very reason, because it is so far in the future. How can you possibly know what actions you need to be doing today and tomorrow that are going to get right. you to that goal in, in a year's time? And also I'm an accountant in my, my, my previous life in the corporate world. I have built so many plans and I know that they are based on assumption after assumption after assumption. And then the first assumption doesn't work. Right. All the rest of it's out the window. So if you're trying to build goals and plans on something that you want to happen in a year's time, there's got to be so many assumptions in there that it's just, for me, it's just nonsense, absolute rubbish. Um, you can't possibly work like that. And I know it goes against the grain. I know that's what most people are, are, are selling out there. And I know that's how most organizations work. But I do not believe in it whatsoever. I really am dead against it just because of the experiences that i've seen my own experiences my clients what i've seen in, in um the results of corporate world etc never never yeah. ends up looking like that that annual plan um and yeah, exactly because if if you're working on annual plans january 
and you've got until December to do something. Oh, January's, oh, we're still in holiday mode, really. Oh, it's February, yeah, we kind of get back into it. Oh, it's a short month, and anyhow, it doesn't matter. Then March, oh, it's all right. I'll, that's quarter right. one. I've used quarter two, three, and four to catch up. And before you know it, you're at the end of the year again, and, and nothing's happened. So it's just, right. yeah, it's crazy. you got to really think about doing things, taking actions now. If you think of that, that whole 1%, if you can make a 1% shift today and make another 1% every day, where are you going to end up in a very, huge. very different huge It's difference. huge. And on the airplane, if they're off one degree, the trajectory of where they end up is so far from where they were supposed to, or if they course correct by one degree. So yeah. I actually, I don't mind looking at the longer term goal yeah. But what I like to do is you see the longer term goal. We need to be not so crazy specific about it, right? You want to increase your annual income by blah, blah, blah. Simple, something like that. But to take that goal and work backwards. Okay, well, what needs to happen before that? And then what needs to happen to make that happen? And you work it backwards so that you can see what the small goals are to get there and working yes. it backwards what i have found is that it helps to clear out the extraneous bullshit right i found myself in a little loop of oh i'm doing all this i'm doing that i'm doing this i'm doing all the things and i know i'm moving forward and of course you know we can't often sometimes we don't see our own rabbit holes that we're doing and that's why it's so great to have a coach and one of my mentors said to me just said something it's like he said oh clearing out the extraneous bull crap and oh it oh yeah wait what's really important here and if i work my goal backwards it's really clear to see what's important because is these five things I'm doing over here actually going to help me get to that next step that gets to the next step, to the next step, to the next step. So I, I, I like the end goal. I like the end goal to be kind of general and then work it backwards so that we yes. can pinpoint the small steps. Cause it's, you know, you said you were a lot of people you work with have were, have been very capable. Yeah. A lot of people I work with have been very capable as well. And occasionally I get a client that really has a, not much self-efficacy. They've trouble motivating at all because yeah. for whatever reason, they were not taught how to do things on their own and somebody always helped them. And if somebody's always helping them, you don't have that confidence to know that you can achieve tasks and goals. Yeah. And th that kind of person with that mindset, that's where it's really important to do the small goals. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I do, I, I, as much as I don't do annual plans and then we don't, I just don't promote, I don't do those at all. We do look at the longer term. Where do you want to be in three years? Okay. So, right. so then we start looking at, okay, well, what do we need to be doing now? That is yep. moving us towards there. But a lot of the clients I work with, they've come from corporate world. And so in corporate world, you are handed your KPIs. You might have had some input into them, but really you're handed your right. KPIs. There is an annual plan and budget that's been put together by the accountants and the operations team somewhere that you're all working towards. So as much as people are used to the KPIs, et cetera, they've never really had to sit down and think, okay, so in my own life and in my own world, how does that translate? How do we take that corporate concept and implement it in our own day-to-day -day life? And what is that, what's the, the KPIs that, for want of a better expression, that they are now working towards because that's language that they understand, but they don't necessarily know how to translate that into their own personal world and, and moving that through and, and that's when I find most people have turned up to me with a they've got a beautiful enormous sheet of paper or spreadsheet with everything that they're going to achieve in a year and I'm, even reading it my head is spinning <laughs> all, all this this is just crazy and no wonder they don't they don't succeed because it is right. so overwhelming 
for what is being presented to them in that annual plan, I would, yeah, it's just, I, I wouldn't be able to move off of that as well because you would be just a rabbit in headlights standing, not knowing which step to take first. And that's where people like right. yourself and myself come in and it's, it's helping them break that down and actually let's take this step first. That That's the, the most logical step and this is the skill set we need and this is how you get past that, that self-sabotaging behavior and actually getting on with it. Yeah, I, I totally. And one of the things that I think is so huge when you have those big things, like I'm going to do this, this, and this, and this, and this, and you're taking on so much and that yeah. it's impossible. And when you don't meet some of those goals, it tanks your self-esteem and that slows you down it sometimes will completely debilitate you yes and it does. I, yeah and i think it's really important what you talked about you know bringing up the corporate world and i think in a lot of corporations everything is set out how you're supposed to act how you're supposed to be how you're supposed to move forward what you're supposed to do what your job duties are there's a lot of micromanaging and all of this stuff and if you really want to move forward and excel, you've got to get out of that thinking of having it all handed to you of how it's going to go, because yeah. that's not going to help you like break through your glass ceiling. Yes. And it's interesting because one of, the, one of my most successful clients, she um, was in that, that place where she had been used to being the KPIs and achieving all these things and had just gotten stuck. And again, no, knowing that she was capable, but didn't have that ability to see beyond that and actually implement it for herself. It was fascinating, but she's now, even with having that bit of help to, to break it all down into the smaller chunks and been able to, to move forward, She's now, she's done more in two months than she did in the last two years, trying to figure it out right. by herself because she kept going up against the self-sabotaging blocks. What, what, what was in her way and, and why couldn't she do this anymore? And getting into that, that, that vicious cycle of, oh, I can't, oh, well, I failed at something else again. Right. Oh, well, I failed at something else. Oh, well, why bother? And let's lower the, the goalposts. Let's see if we can. And it just became this, this downward spiral. Whereas getting on board and having some help and breaking it all down, she is just absolutely flying. Absolutely. It's been phenomenal to watch this transformation in such a short space of time. And it's just by giving them that, that direction and that help to, to break it down and yeah. put them back on. It's the right interesting. Path. As I hear you talking about that, I see in some ways, I see your method as top down and mine from bottom up. It's like you're seeing here's here's yeah. where they need to do to be able to get the things and they start to create and do the actions with support. And this builds the confidence that unwinds that self-worth stuff. And I dig in and we dig in and we find the root cause of usually it's some little behavior yeah. that you started doing as a kid, something like oh, I don't want to make this person feel bad by doing, showing them up. And so then it becomes a pattern. Yeah. You start doing that. And when you're not living up to your mm. full self, you're diminishing your self-worth. And so creating, doing that habit over and over, it is like the seed to the self-worth problem. And then you are building the self-worth by creating new actions. So I find it so interesting. It's like, we, you work from here, I work from down here and we meet the people here so they can have, so they can achieve yes. their goals and create the life of their dreams, right? Absolutely, yes, yes, it is. It is. It's, it's a subject that absolutely fascinates me because the, the whole self-sabotaging and why they're not achieving the goals, it, it 
comes up in many, many guises. So it might be that they are lacking the confidence. It might be that they procrastinate. It might be that they are saying they're a perfectionist. Oh, yep. Perfectionists that are just clap. They they are like, a, well, I'm a perfectionist. I can't I can't put this out yet, or I can't do this, or I can't go there. I can't even yet, start yeah, because it won't be good enough. Real symptoms of it as well. So the fact that they're self-sabotaging, it's not when you use the term self-sabotaging people think it's like almost a conscious decision to not do something whereas in fact it's not it's it's a very subtle mm -hmm. subconscious being the, the perfectionist procrastination type of scenario that's um yeah it's it's very interesting and, and seeing the different personalities and what it is that they actually come along with it and, and how it's actually manifesting in their lives and i think the fact that you go right back to the what they were doing in the past and, and how they behave whether that might be not speaking up for themselves or, or not doing these these certain things um and and that's now they're doing the same as adults they're, they're right. not speaking up for themselves they're not saying what they, they truly think and so then that eats away and they just end up accepting the status quo as right. well well, and, and that stuff, it, it comes with an emotional charge, whatever those original source things were. So not speaking up for yourself, you know, we didn't, we didn't choose to not speak up for ourselves because it felt good. There was something going on emotionally that didn't feel good. And so now when something else happens that's a similar emotion, we just shut down and go right back to that childhood thing. And you get to teach yeah. people to move through it and I get to unwind it. And then we yeah. create, yeah, exactly. We create um, the better lives for our clients. And what I love about the subjects of you being a goal achievement expert like me, you get to work with a lot of different things. I know they say like, oh, you've got to niche down. You have to be in this specific <laughs> tiny little thing. I mean, you are in a way with goals, but you get to work with so many different issues that come up. And I know I love that about my work, being able to, because when you're talking about the unconscious mind, people come to me and say, oh, this is my problem. And really it's something completely different. Yeah. But if I'm stuck in the mindset that it has to be this little niche, I might not be able to help them. And so yeah. working in a way, whether it be goals or with the unconscious mind of really having a broad scope of being able to help a lot of people through a lot of different stuff is one of my favorite things. It is, yes, it's fantastic. And and as you say, being able to, to help so many people because some of my clients might have already got an established business and they need help for whatever reason to, to actually grow the business. Some people are stay-at-home mums, flattled, a person might have flattled. Um, it might be somebody who's trying to do something, but again, it's, it's not hitting the goals and the reality is it's actually a confidence issue and so there's just so many people with so many different things but the reality is how we actually the process that we go through to then achieve the goals is the exact same it doesn't matter what the goal is the process of figuring out what it is that they want what it is they need to do how we're going to get there and then helping them navigate these these um behaviors that are getting in the way is exactly the same it's exactly the same so yes it's on i love that i get to help a broad spectrum of people it's, it keeps it really interesting yeah absolutely it's um so i just love how i think one of my favorite things i'm gonna just like go off on a little tangent here but one of my favorite things is how powerful our unconscious mind is. It is always working for us, even if it's creating results we're not happy with. It always has a positive purpose, whether it be protection or safety. And, 
everybody's experiences form a different way of looking at the world. And that's one of my other favorite things about the work I do is you just get to see how vast it is about the way different people look at the world and being able to learn so much more from other people because they have different perspectives and it just opens up my own possibilities as well as giving me more insight across the board. It does, and, and that, and I think for me, it's about having the triplets, particularly before I started off on the, in this, this journey of um, coaching people, having triplets, it shows you, I mean, the three of them, they're, they've been together all their lives, they get the same answer to the same question, they get the same thing at the same time, everything in the world is the same how they react and cope and handle different situations and different scenarios is remarkable truly remarkable because you would think people who have been raised in a similar way in the same household etc you would expect them to kind of behave in the same way whereas they don't and so to see that spectrum within my own household and then you multiply, magnify that and take it out into the world and different people from different countries, different walks of life, different backgrounds, different beliefs, etc. It is remarkable how they all react to, how they act, the different reactions to very, very similar situations. But it's fantastic because it, people that work with me do group sessions as well. And when we get on the group, the group calls on a weekly basis, because you've got such a, a vast um spectrum of people the amount of knowledge and wisdom that they can help one another with people have been in similar situations and, and this is how they reacted to it and bringing completely different perspectives on it it is it's, it's absolutely fascinating and it's fantastic to watch um people helping each other out in those situations yeah and i think that's really kind of speaks to why it's important to look out when you're stuck to look outside of yourself to find another perspective somebody that can help you see another perspective because we're stuck in like our own little things seeing only the things the way that we've seen them and we've made meanings about whatever has happened and somebody else, like I've always been a, I see the bright side. I always am like, oh yeah, that's terrible that he broke up with you. But now like that's one less person you have to date or whatever it yes. might be <laughs> before you find your person, <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, I'm very, being very able much. to, oh, yeah, yeah. Being, being able to really, let another perspective in it shows that you're ready to make the shifts and the changes and i think that goes back to the very first thing that we talked about i believe was that people when they're ready to really they've had enough right yes. and that's when you're finally ready or some people yes. anyway to really see it from another perspective and it is yeah yeah, when, when, they, when they're saying that hey, enough's enough or I'm sick of this or I can't take any more of this, that's the kind of phrases that indicate to me that somebody is ready. They're ready to make the change. Yeah. Now is the time. Because if they don't, when they're in that mindset, if they don't take action now, what happens is they then slide back down again and get comfortable back in the status quo again and, and go back in there. Um so when when they're saying enough's enough that's what it's almost like the sub that their conscious mind or the subconscious mind is speaking through the conscious mind we need to do something about this right it's trying to awaken that awaken them to the, the situation to to indicate to them to do something about it and actually go on and, and take action um so yeah that's and if they don't take that opportunity as i say they're just going to slide down again and they're going to go back into that plateau or back stuck on that rut and accepting the status quo um and when the next enough enough comes along who knows right well and that really comes down to again language of the unconscious mind the unconscious mind communicates to you 
through your emotions. And most of us have been learned to stuff at least one of the emotions, whether it be anger or sadness or some of us, I was taught to stuff them all. <laughs> like, yeah. Stuff them all down. Don't feel anything. Do, 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 go, yes. go, go. Yes. <laughs> but when the when those emotions come up, it's your unconscious mind trying to communicate with you. And yeah. if your conscious mind is trying to justify it, you're missing the message. Yes. And the thing is, is your unconscious mind is going to get louder. And then it's going to get louder. And then it's going to get louder. Yes. And if you really, really don't listen, it might start doing things like giving you diseases or cancer. So it's trying to communicate through your emotions. And when you're not doing the goals that you really want to do and you're going shopping or staying busy to self-sabotage and avoid those emotions, you're missing what the unconscious mind is trying to tell you. And its number one objective is to preserve your body. Yes, yes. Yeah, the body is a wonderful thing. I just couldn't help think the story that you told me a few weeks ago about your journey and how you came to be here being a bartender. And, and I can't help but think about that conversation. The number of people who... The, the heart pours out or whatever it, it all comes out after they've had a few glasses of wine or a few beers or whatever right. you think your subconscious mind is telling you something here you and, and a lot of people will just oh it was the alcohol talking or actually no it's not it's you that's talking right just, the alcohol was allowing it to come out whereas we have suppressed these things and so actually paying attention to to what if you have if you have been talking to the bartender or not doing whatever or talking to your friends it's about time actually sitting and thinking about that the fact that it is you've been suppressing it yeah i mean it's a big thing so there's this thing that's called the critical factor that sort of keeps our conscious minds in charge and when you drink alcohol you sub, you dumb you dumb down or numb out that critical factor. So if you're like, if somebody's blacked out drunk, they are operating 100% wholly from their unconscious mind. I've been having conversations with people's unconscious minds for 20 years before I even started doing this work. <laughs> and I got to see really clearly how people come in saying one thing and then be doing another. So I really got to see the distinctions between what we're consciously going after, what we unconsciously go after. And of course, all those years of talking to people and keeping them in check and balance and with other whatever stuff was going on with them gave me such a groundwork for the work yeah. that I do. Um, but yeah, it's important, I think, to pay attention. What's coming out of your mouth when you're uh been drinking for me i really wanted connection because i used to shut connection off so i would get super talkative when i drank i still kind of get a little talkative <laughs> with um when you're when you haven't had any alcohol it's almost like the the guard is down the shutters up and you've this persona that you've created where and that's all come from that's all your that's all your conscious mind whereas when that the alcohol's been consumed and the guard drops a little bit, then a lot more of the, the truer what you are truly thinking is is when you when it comes out. Uh, yeah. So, well it's, it's, so many so many insults and, and um fights start when people are having alcohol because they tend to say what they really do think right. as opposed to to suppressing it so yes um but yeah. i wouldn't recommend waiting till the alcohol kicks in <laughs> totally that's that's what like i was just gonna it? say <laughs> see the beautiful thing about working with people like us is that the more you get your conscious mind in alignment with your unconscious mind when you get drunk you don't have to worry as much about <laughs> what comes out of your mouth because it's going to be in alignment <laughs> 
Yes, yes, it's going to be who you are when you're stone cold sober anyhow. Yeah, that's a very good point, isn't it? Uh, so it's it's interesting, but yes, and all seriousness, but I do suggest that people do deal with it before we get to the alcohol stage. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so you don't have to worry, you can just go out. <laughs> On that note, Linda, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what you offer and how they can get in touch with you and yeah, yeah all the things. Yeah, sure. So I have a program. It's called Goal Achiever Program. So that's Goal Achiever, and it's it's a twelve month program whereby we work in twelve week cycles. And so basically, what I do is I help women who are on that plateau. They've been successful. They're on that plateau, and they're looking to to launch again. I help you get more done in a month than you do in a year. That's what I do for you, how we do it. Yes, it's a 12 month program and we go through um, 12 week cycles, etc. But the long and the short of it is I take you from where you are now and you, you'll be doing more like a month than, than you've done in a year and taking you to live your dreams. And my, my, my catchphrase is love your life, all of it, because I'm a firm believer in you can have it all. You can absolutely, it doesn't matter whether you're got a business, you've got a career, you've got children, you're a stay-at-home mom, you're single with no children, whatever your life circumstances are, you can have it all. And I firmly, I get goosebumps, I get goosebumps every time I talk about this. Yeah. But the easiest way to get in touch with me is either on LinkedIn or on Facebook. So it's just Linda Nicole in both circumstances or my, my um, website is lindanicole.com.au or ping me an email, linda at lindanickel.com.au I'd be delighted to talk to anybody about joining that program beautiful yeah and I have all the links in the show notes and all of that as well and one of the things that I really love is that you work with people for 12 months I work with people for six months I mean I do some breakthrough sessions too if someone just needs to break through something but I really like to work with people for the six months because you get that transformation. You yes. set the new habits in place. You get yes. to double check to make sure everything's firing on all cylinders. We get to get really clear of what you wanted when you walked in might be a little bit different than what you want when you're halfway through the program. We get to check in and evaluate yes. all of that and really create that permanent change that sets you up, like you said, for the life of your dreams. Yes. Create the life of your dreams, create the life of your destiny. I do one-on-one -on -one work, of course. You guys can, um, if you want, book a free step-up call. You can go to jeneabarnes.com, G-E-N-E-A-B-A-R-N-E-S. Or I'm on all the social medias, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. You can DM me there as well. This yeah, so has the, been. So I just want to say that the, the the longevity of the both programs is the key. You need yeah. the time to make that true. If you're looking for a transformation, as opposed to oh yeah, I'll fix it for a couple of weeks and then I'll go back to my old ways. You need right. to, if you want to make a life a life lasting change, you need the longevity of the programs to have the true transformation. Well, and that's the thing is like, do you want to hire a coach every time you have to make a goal? No. I mean, sometimes you're going to really have gone so far on your own that everything new is you might need like a new kind of coach. That's great. And you can do that, but setting you, you, us, uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> setting, <laughs> yourself up to be able to continue to progress and accelerate on your own is incredibly powerful. And that is, I think, one of the big differences in the longer programs is that you're yep. set up to continue to succeed on your own. Yes, absolutely. Well, I think we could probably talk for three more hours, but <laughs> we might we might need to let the people have a break. They know how to get in touch with us. Um, yep. Linda, thank you so much for having this conversation with me today. It's so much fun. 
Yes, it's been fantastic. It's just very passionate and dear to my heart, and I love this whole this, the whole self sabotage thing. It's, it's a fascinating yeah. subject. Absolutely. All right, everybody. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Self-Sabotaging Sagas. If you enjoyed it, please take a moment, give it a rating, pass it along to your friends, follow it. These actions help other people find this podcast, and I, of course, greatly appreciate it. Thanks again, and have a beautiful day.